Jews. Jews, that's right. I knew it was something. Uh, Tony, you know that guy Titleman? Owns all the property. I'm a hotel down the street from the club. The Jew with the black clothes and the curls and everything. They're called Hasidim. Hasidim, but I don't believe them. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit down. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen every season of The Sopranos. My name's Unarati, and I've seen one season of The Sopranos. Wow, what's going on here? This is pretty different, <laughs> eh, for the feed. Um, so, hello. Hey. Hey, Una. Hi, Jacob. <laughs> How are you? I can tell you're really uh, loving the whole doing a podcast thing. I'm really... incredibly comfortable right now. I can tell from your voice <laughs> and posture. Um, so this is all quite di- uh, different. Uh, you are my girlfriend. That is my only defining role in life. characteristic. Defining, as well. it's a- everything anyone needs to know about you. Honestly, there's nothing else important about me. I am defined by my relation to you. That's. I'm so glad you finally accepted that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've you've never seen The Sopranos up until now, right? I had not, despite being your girlfriend. I know. How'd you manage? It's my title. Yeah, that's so, actually. I'm gonna stop using your uh, name, uh, <laughs> like always. Or yeah. just... No, just okay. gonna refer to you as Jacob's girlfriend. <laughs> um, we live in the same house. We're sambos, as they say in Sweden, which means cohabitating partners, and not sandwiches, as it means in Ireland, which is where yeah. I'm from. For context, exactly. And I thought. It'll be dead easy to talk about The Sopranos. We'll just sit down and record it. But when you live in the same house, there's you're always like way too comfortable. You could always just do nothing. So it's mm. actually been easier to schedule recordings with Jim, who lives on the other side of the planet, than to just <laughs> schedule recordings with you. Because we're just like, yeah, but we could not, though. We could sit on the couch and uh, just watch Ted Lasso. We could get a spice bag and some wine. <laughs> like, we don't need... An- and then it's like, you know what? That's a great idea. That's a great point. Because <laughs> we're just, we both live and work here. And we're just like, nah, we don't want to do, we don't want to sit down and do something. So now we're just like, we've reached a breaking point. We watched season one of The Sopranos ages ago, it feels like. Yeah, because I really want to watch the second season, which is why I was finally like, Jacob, let's just fucking get this done. Yeah. Am I allowed to, I'm, I'm allowed to swear, right? No, we're actually going to take you out back and shoot you in the head. <laughs> Um, cause it was like, we watched it just now. Uh, it's fresh in our minds. Perfect. Let's wait like a month or two mm. and then chat about it. Um, and we really want to start season two. So we're going to do a quick chat about it now. Um, but so your path into it, uh, is you watched the many saints of Newark with me cause I dragged you to it. Um, <laughs> and that sort of like, I'd been wanting to rewatch the Sopranos for a while. And while The Many Saints of Newark, I don't think it blew you away. It was still enough to give you the impetus to go, you know what? Yeah, let's watch it. So we watched season one. But I guess it's a really interesting perspective because obviously most people who listen to podcasts about The Sopranos (laughs) are pretty into it. Pretty into it. Yeah. Um, Also, I didn't know anything about The Sopranos, as you you would testify before we started watching it. Yeah. because of my general belligerence when told to do anything, uh, like people being like, you have to watch The Sopranos. I was like, no, for years. I don't think that's unreasonable. <laughs> um, Jim's like that with Goofy Movie. For some reason, he refuses to watch Goofy Movie. And um, everyone in his life is just like, just watch Goofy Movie. It's a masterpiece, modern classic. And he's just like, I refuse. because he's Is that like, the one you made me watch? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's good though, right? Modern classic. Yeah. 
notification. <laughs> Taking a sip of our wine. We're, we brought some wine to make this, uh, to, to lubricate the process. But so, Ew. The Many Saints of Newark. <laughs> you watched The Many Saints of Newark. Yes. And we talk, I talked about it with Jim, obviously. And we talked about how, what would it be like for someone who's not watched The Sopranos? And I got your comments and thoughts on it and brought that into the discussion. But like, let's hear it from you briefly because we mainly want to talk about the sopranos but what did you think watching that film um it's a while ago now obviously but um obviously you were just like dying to go and see it so as part of my duties that come with the role of being your girlfriend um i knew that we were going like the first like week that it was out in ireland um and in general like because when we were locked down we watched the godfather films and uh, I was like, oh, my God, these are actually <laughs> we had the really boring realization that the Godfather films are really good. Yeah. Um, We're going around telling everyone news. Have <laughs> you heard about these films? <laughs> Absolutely new information to everybody who we were talking to. But I was really surprised by how much I liked them because they just tend to be like very like. M- I don't know, man movies, what it, they're like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, masculinity in those films which shouldn't usually be uh something i would have much patience for so then um yeah then we went to see the many saints newark and um i guess to me it just kind of felt like an unfinished film yeah i think Um, that's uh i think a lot of people felt like that (laughs) yeah like it wasn't bad and there was bits of it that were good it was way too long Um, Yeah, but you hate (laughs) any film that's over 90 minutes bring back the 90 minute movie if i I was to run for president it would be on that platform (laughs) yes everyone go and sign jacob's girlfriend's uh online petitions to bring back the 90 minute movie but beyond that it was way too long. It felt like a bit unfinished, a bit all over the place. Yeah, it just kind of felt like there was loads of other stuff that they could have done with it. And they were trying to shoehorn Tony in in a way that was like not very subtle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there was a dead guy telling you this guy's bad. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that nar- that narrator choice was fucking bizarre. Like I really didn't get what the purpose of that was at all. Um, and I feel like it would have just been so much more interesting to focus on the family yeah. unit, like the Sopranos, the generation above Tony, and then like have him as a kid running around or whatever, but not the relationship between him and is it Dickie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would have been so much more interesting to focus on the family dynamic rather than just like Dickie and his dad. And I suppose it was a bit more like that, but it was like Dickie's story. Like he was the main character. Yeah. And then Tony was kind of shoehorned into that. Yeah. But, I guess that's just a way of marketing it, really. Um, yeah, I feel like it would have been more interesting to just be like The Sopranos, the next generation up, rather than what it was, which was this kind of like disjointed film. But I did enjoy it. Yeah, like uh, I obviously enjoyed it, um, but totally see that it's not it's not the Godfather as far as the mm-hmm. simplicity of the storytelling. Like, here's a great story. Here's a character. Here's what you care about. It's a bit more all over the place for sure. But I should say now before we go uh, further that for this episode, I guess, spoiler warning for The Many Saints of Newark and season one of The Sopranos, which is a weird mix. Like, I'm sure everyone on this podcast feed has seen all of The Sopranos. <laughs> Won't have to worry about it. But I thought I should say that because... Una, you've only seen season one of The Sopranos, but there's a major spoiler in The Many Saints of Newark for later on yeah. in The Sopranos. So I just wanted to give that context. We're like, going to talk openly about all of that. The first 30 seconds of the film. Yeah. 
<laughs> I also, I didn't tell you, I got spoiled on TikTok the no. other day for an episode of Sopranos. But I also feel like it's such a dick move to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I got spoiled for this fucking TV series that came out like, what, 25 years ago? Yeah, now? but on real history, I'm like, I can't believe <laughs> that I now know how this emperor died. I haven't even gotten to season two of Rome. <laughs> so I get that. Okay, what was the thing on TikTok? I want to know. I'll edit it out if it's very egregious, but... What no, no, the... no. It was basically a woman um, <laughs> playing the Tony part in like an oversized blazer. And the audio was Carmela sitting him down um, and being like, I want a divorce. Oh. That interaction. Mm. Um, but uh, instead of Carmela being a human, it was a cat with a wig. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was sure. a perfect TikTok for my algorithm because yeah. it was a cat wearing a wig. But uh, yeah, it did, did have a bit of a spoiler in it. But I also like... It's not the most functional relationship I've ever seen depicted on screen. So it's not exactly a surprise either that she's asking for a divorce at some point. Yeah. And I would. Yeah, I I think she does that about four times, at least in the show. I don't really remember, (laughs) to be honest, because I've only seen it once as well, which is so weird because I have a whole podcast on it because we went through it over the course of two years. All of these episodes, I'm like, oh, yeah, this was ages ago. I've seen this. So, um yeah, I guess I wanted to ask you, because I want to ask you some of the same questions that Jim would have asked me in like 2018 when we started doing Cut to Black. Uh, you've obviously seen season one of The Sopranos now, but going back before that and before Many Saints of Newark, what was your impression of the show, if any? Just that it was kind of a masculine kind of like, who gives a shit? Why would I? What This isn't for me. Was that the kind of a feeling you had? <laughs> yeah, um, I suppose that. And then also, um, I have not seen, well, I have now because I'm like nearly 30. But when I first like went to college and like moved out of home, I'm from like a very, well, you've met my family. Um, they do not have the concentration span to watch films. Like I literally didn't grow up watching any films. We never yeah. sat down and watched films. Um, so I had never seen like, Jurassic Park or E.T. Mm. or like any of these like films. And you refuse to because you don't want to be told what to watch. <laughs> well, then like you get to college and there's all these people who've like had internet access for their entire childhoods. Yeah. <laughs> like you. And, uh, and um, yeah, so like for context, I'm from like really rural Ireland. Um, So we never like we had like the Irish television channels and whatever happened to be on them were that was what we had to watch and like so i really well, that's always... why you, i with your friend group it's always like i'm like making a reference to like i don't know the sopranos or whatever and in response is like rosie and jim <laughs> rosie and jim which is a children's show from like the 80s that was broadcast in ireland when you were growing up <laughs> with two puppets singing really creepily that it's not sort of creepy. Thing. It's a cultural institution. Please have some respect. Okay, Google Rosie and Jim. It's disturbing. <laughs> Actually, just look at it on YouTube. It's such a tune. It's a, ba- a banger, I believe. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, I, I suppose like then you get to college and you have all these other people who have a much more broader cultural experience than you. Um, and uh, oh, like I'm not underprivileged or like (laughs) alone in this experience as you mentioned all of my closest friends were very very similar situations uh agricultural families and all but um yeah so uh I just kind of had a thing in my head about like people being like oh how have you not seen this and uh hate to say it but it's usually men who are like (laughs) I'm not you know I am shocked men would do that to a woman. <laughs> to a woman. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of, like, if that gets done enough times to you, you develop a sort of, especially somebody like me, 
um, develop a sort of level of belligerence <laughs> you're like mm. no and so I watched a lot of the like classic movies that like you know like E.T. and uh, Jurassic Park to catch up yeah. but then it comes to TV shows and like I still have never watched Breaking Bad and whenever anybody hears that sorry uh, let me rephrase that whenever any man hears that <laughs> they're always like how have you not watched Breaking Bad yeah, and like yeah. oh it's so good <laughs> and I'm like uh, no it's not like I tried to watch it and I was like no not for me yeah and we won't mention the wars the Star Wars <laughs> talk about you hanging me out to dry on the internet no it's it's okay <laughs> like most Star Wars films are bad it's just like I need another glass of wine <laughs> going to talk about this but I'm not like that with most things I hope at this point <laughs> I convinced you to move in with me so hopefully I wasn't one of those men but yeah uh, yeah so Sopranos was just in that bucket of yeah. like how have you not seen Star Wars you have to watch Breaking Bad and then like the fact that I hate Quentin Tarantino um, and all of his films <laughs> who famously directed The Sopranos <laughs> or sorry what was your point <laughs> that it like that kind of a contingent of young college man um, mm. that would be like a sin there as well so it just kind of puts Sopranos in that bucket with me yeah. which I now know is extremely unfair well, thank you yes I don't know why I'm saying thank you but um, on behalf of Tony yeah like <laughs> that's exactly like what was I what, what, what I was going to ask next like how does that expectation you know man's man show or whatever <laughs> line up with how the show actually is so far for you um, well, the first thing is that, like, similar to The Godfather, it's really good. Yeah, that's <laughs> a really, like, that really helps. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just a really good show. It's, like, uh, obviously very dated, you know, visually when you look at it now. But the, the story just completely holds up similar to The Godfather. Um, and I just, I guess I found it, like, um more interesting than I really thought I would. Yeah, for sure. Because what you had, you had said it to me, but I was literally, it was like in one ear at the other. Um, <laughs> oh, everything I say. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, but uh, it was, the, the Sopranos doesn't do the thing that you expect. Yeah. Which is really good because I guess like, I'm really into books and obviously I now watch a lot of like TV and film with you. Um, so it, like, when you've read enough books, you can you see predict. the shape of the story as yeah, it's coming. Exactly. And you're like, oh, this will like, this is how this is going to go. So I uh, have gotten really good at predicting the endings of stuff. But like The Sopranos, I'm like, oh, this is going to happen. And I've said it to you multiple times. Yeah. And then you've been like, haha, no, it didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hold it in until it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it yeah. usually happens afterwards. And then you're like, ha, you thought it was going to, but it didn't. Um, but only because that proved my thesis point, which is the thing <laughs> me and Jim keep repeating to each other for about 80 episodes that, well, they did that thing, but you thought it was going to be that thing. Um, yeah, so I guess that's a big one. And then also... Um, I just really think that the characters in it are just so interesting. Like I'm from a really big, like Tony's whole life revolves around like his family, whether that's like the mafia family of like, you know. Yeah. Whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) They're both families. I only just got that. Sorry. Um, and like coming from like a big catholic also family um you know you see a lot of those similarities you're like oh my god yeah i've been in those conversations against my will of uh like you know (laughs) just people who 
take the piss because they're related to you you know like mm. um like with junior and stuff like uh and the way tony is with junior as well all the rest of those like dynamics are just so interesting yeah and all of the characters sort of are really well written in that they all have their own motivations and they intersect in a way that's very interesting but what i wasn't expecting was the women to be so well fleshed out in the show which is like surprising to me because it's a manly man show yeah and it's not a thing in most television shows just full stop yeah really. for sure, yeah. <laughs> so the fact that it's in this show is, is and in good. like the godfather like there's no there's no women, there's no women there <laughs> no women there no no yeah. no um but like yeah i mean the main characters in tony's life are like his, in season one are like his therapist his wife his mom yeah um yeah and then, like, because all the mob people, they obviously have personalities that are distinct and everything, but they're more, like, Silvio and Polly are more caricatures, like, more flat characters mm. at this point in the story compared, like, that's more what you would expect a yeah. female character in a show like this to be like. But they're kind of the set dressing while the real meat of it yeah. is in the conversations with his female therapist yeah. and his wife. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the whole mental health stuff, um is like really good like your synopsis before we started was the sopranos is basically like a mafia guy at the end of the like mafia being cool slash relevant um <laughs> era it goes to therapy um like that was all you said about it when we we're i was like oh okay like but i didn't expect the therapy to be that big of yeah. storyline but yeah it's just um it's interesting I think even rewatching the first episode with the therapy, you even at that point, you get the sense that it might just kind of be, you know, a hook for the show that it's going to be kind of like how they you get voiceover for him explaining different mm. things and kind of comedic stuff because he's saying one thing, but we're seeing the other thing happen. Yeah. But that's not all that it is at all. Like it goes way deeper into that. And I think the whole thing of doing the unexpected, it happens on sort of the surface level of plot of what's what's going to be the next thing to happen but it's also unexpected in what the show chooses to focus on it as in it gets really in depth on mental health and mm. like focuses in on like yeah there are shootouts and things but they're usually like incidental like the real climax of whatever episode is usually some emotional realization or something it's not a shootout or or the two happen together because it's just well yeah. woven together yeah um I was going to say something there and I can't, I can't remember what it was. I'm not very good at this. What's podcasting stuff? Well, <laughs> you got to start somewhere. got to start somewhere. So I uh, let me ask then, I mean, we're only one season in, but like, would you say that you get what the fuss is about at this point? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, I just think, I think with The Sopranos, it was just like a, you can tell it's a show made in a different era which is, I think is interesting. I was watching it now. Like, I feel like our brains are wired to binge stuff now. Mm. Um, whereas that is very much a show that it's very slow. Yeah. Um, like the pace of it is not dictated by the idea that you're going to binge all of it. Like in like one weekend or whatever, the same way that you would with, I don't know, whatever comes out on Netflix these days. Yeah. Uh, whether it's like the, what the, whenever The Witcher comes out in December, we're going to watch it all in one weekend, yeah. you know, and they designed that show based off of the back of that, whereas The Sopranos was definitely from a different era. So it takes it so much slower. And there's way more episodes. And I think that's probably part of the magic where you actually get to know the characters a bit more and like love them or hate them. <gasps> 
Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you say you're not good at this. Shut up, you. Um, I, I think you're right. I think the ending shot of each episode, we used to use those as covers for the podcast, right? And I think the end of each episode in the world of Netflix and binging TV, it does everything it can to launch you into the next. Yeah. Like, there'll be a hook. Like, obviously, some things in The Sopranos will make you go, fuck, I want to watch the next episode right now. Mm. That's understandable. But I think it's more put together with a sense of, here's something to think about for the next week, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like then the episodes sort of work, um, work, like they're not standalone, but they sort of tie a bow around each episode, you know, that kind of way. Like it's not, it's not like an eight hour movie you're watching because you're supposed to binge it like that. It's an episode which stands by itself. And then you get into the next episode and obviously there's overarching themes and stuff. But I really like that, you know, not that we did take a break, but you could take a break in between the episodes if it was like, you know, you're not constantly like brought into the next one like you are with those Netflix shows and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to ask just because we're on season one and this was the thing you said after Many Saints Newark. Tony's mother is so central to the show and she is such a fleshed out character, just like you were saying um, which in contrast to the Many Saints of Newark, you told you said this to me and I hadn't had the thought, but you were like, her character is assassinated in the Many Saints of Newark because oh she's God. so interesting in the show. She was done so dirty. Um, like, she really reminds me, I definitely think, um, like, she's a lot of parallels, you know, like with Cersei in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like, she's so fucking horrible, but she's very interesting because of that. Um, and... I like in many scenes in New York she was just a fucking harpy I just like couldn't wait for her to get off screen she was so annoying Um, like yeah she was absolutely assassinated as you said in in that movie because um, she's so horrible and multifaceted and conniving um, in the show she understands things and like will say just the right poisonous thing in someone's ear such a contrast to her younger version in the film. With Many Saints in Newark, she was just like, she was really boring. She was a caricature. And maybe they went for like the caricature thing because um, like Junior was kind of a caricature of himself a bit as well. Mm. But her, like she was just done so dirty by that, that movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess not to be fair, but... I, I got exactly the same feeling or not the same feeling, but uh, you pointed it out that their younger version, the younger version of Tony's parents in the flashbacks in season one, are really bad actors. They're not good. Mm. And they're kind of just shouting at each other. Ah, but God, for good, you're always doing this. And like, yeah. it's almost like they took that performance and then we're like, how can we layer this and make it more interesting? Because they're definitely better than That's that. That's a bullshit excuse. Though. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, I guess, yeah, they wanted more for Tony. They wanted some sort of moment in the film, is my theory, that where, where Tony sort of everything could have gone differently for him. It's kind of like you said, they were focusing in so much on Tony that they forgot about all the other stuff they could be doing with the generation up. But it kind of felt like for him, they wanted it to be like, oh, if Dickie had gotten those antidepressants or whatever for his mother, things would have been okay and she wouldn't have become he wouldn't have become more twisted. and I, I don't know what they were doing, but I completely agree anyway. And rewatching season one, I remembered like, wow, like Livia is so good in season she's one. She's so smart. Like she's just such a like clever character. And um, 
obviously like an incredibly shrewd operator, which is just really interesting to see her like, like obviously, you know, you've got like all of them, like Tony's incredibly smart as well and capable. <clears throat> and you have like Junior less so, but like they all operate in this like pulling strings and getting somebody to do something and like kind of navigating each other's egos in a really weird way. And um, that's what makes it kind of interesting is nothing is ever like the direct route, probably because they're all related that they all have to like not offend anybody and do all this circular stuff, like set fire to a guy's restaurant instead of just like <laughs> not yeah. having somebody murdered there. Like, um, so she is so good at that. Like, I think that like her, character is definitely where Tony gets his skills in that like she's yeah. so clever but um yeah in the in the movie she was just a fucking dickhead I just yeah. yeah I was I was so interested by her when we started watching the show and then when I looked back on many saints it was literally the first thing I thought about I was like she was not based off of that portrayal she was not what I was expecting this woman to be and I didn't expect her to be as important as she is yeah and season one is kind of like Tony versus his mother both in the arena of like the mob maneuverings and emotionally as he confronts all these things with Melfi it's obviously also him versus Junior so if we talk more about the mob side of things and those developments as you said they're very sort of circuitous trying to like mm. oh you you, ha- you can't do this so or we're gonna do this because you know you can- we can't kill Christopher but we can kill his friend all this yeah, shit yeah you can't be seen to do that but maybe if you do this instead yeah. kind of stuff yeah and how did you find all of that kind of playing out throughout the season uh, like uh, what did you think of the, the mob side of the story um I just thought it was just bullshit um not that like the not that the um it was interesting the way that they had to do things in order to like circumvent their own bullshit morality um like that was interesting because i'm like oh no you couldn't possibly do that but you'll just like kill a dude instead or like burn down somebody's pride and enjoy the restaurant like that's different that's fine and um, like the moral justifications are off the charts it's ridiculous and I- they got honor though they play by a code <laughs> Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Um, but what I thought was really interesting is they use a lot of that mafia like moral justification nonsense to sort of point out how toxic they're how toxic they are as yeah. people, but also like how toxic their masculinity is. Uh that was like shit I really wasn't expecting. Stuff like <laughs> Junior enjoying certain sexual acts. <laughs> um like bizarre episode I literally like my jaw dropped during that episode I remember I was was like what is happening (laughs) why is why is this anything to do with anyone um yeah so yeah I thought it was like the the pride and the kind of like having to be the man type of thing Mm -hmm. um yeah like that is used in an interesting way in the Sopranos like, that I wasn't expecting. And I think the reason I wasn't expecting it is because Tony is a victim of that like Joker thing, you what know, Joker like thing? where people's perception of the Joker, particularly like young men, right? Their perception of what they took away from like the Joker film mm-hmm. was like this cool origin story and this like cool villain. But it actually was a critique of that person. Like they're a very, very flawed and toxic person, similar to Tony. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like, in Scarface, like, the way Christopher is mad about Scarface. Yeah. 
And like, I've seen Scarface. Like, that, I can't remember what your man's name is, like, but he was horrible, horrible, horrible person. <laughs> very, very, very bad. But like, Christopher's takeaway is like, oh, he's really cool. Yeah. So I feel like I wasn't expecting all of the like nuance and the way that the show was written to criticize like how bad all that stuff is for people's mental health and then also just like for society at large. Um, I didn't expect that to be the criticism because I think that it suffers from that same like people are taken away like oh it's cool yeah. you know or maybe I just saw that as being the perception from the no outside. that I think that makes so much sense and I think like a show like Breaking Bad which I really really like Breaking Bad but like when it comes to the nuance of the storytelling like don't get me wrong Breaking Bad his the main character Walter White the show is not ambiguous about the fact that he's a bad person mm. like we're following his sort of descent like it's a tragedy what he does but it's also a power fantasy mm. um like at the same time and it does both things and it is a good show but as far as how much nuance it brings to it the sopranos is superior in that regard uh, even one season in i think um well i would know i haven't seen breaking bad no, you haven't. Uh, haven't seen uh, Joker either, but neither have I. So <laughs> there we go. Um, so Christopher, you know how he dies. Um, and you, the first introduction to Christopher for you was a tombstone. And he's one of the most important uh, characters uh, in the show at this point. So what's it like just knowing how he ends and coming into that whole relationship? And what do you think of him as a character? Because obviously he's, to me, incredibly entertaining God, he's a bollocks, though. He is a bollocks, for <laughs> sure, but a very entertaining bollocks. What do you think? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's entertaining, but he makes me cringe, like, so regularly. Uh, I'm yeah. just like, oh, my God, this human being is a waste of oxygen. Um, but, um, yeah, I suppose it's a bit shit knowing, knowing what's going to happen to him. Yeah. Um, especially because, because it didn't add anything to the, to the many saints. Like, if it had been, like, oh, like, I don't know. I don't know why it would have ever been necessary to have that, to be perfectly fucking honest. But if there was some reason for it, you could justify it. But I just think it was completely useless. And it is a bit disappointing knowing how he is going to, how his path is going to end. But, um, yeah, he's a nuisance. And... Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but it is, I suppose, like we've kind of talked before about the Sopranos being a like depiction of the, the fall from power of the mafia in America. Um, and then him being that person that like is getting the perception all wrong of like this, like he wants to be this big mafioso, big yeah. boss guy, but he's a incredibly dumb and B, can't see the writing on the wall in the way that Tony can. Yeah. Tony's so smart as well, like, which goes without saying. I don't know if you know this, but his guidance counselor actually did these tests. And he's <laughs> really smart. But, like, he is really a, a kind of, yeah, he's really smart, obviously. And Christopher is just such a contrast to that. I do kind of love his preoccupation with film, obviously, because, you know, <laughs> me and what Huge I'm like. dork. Yeah. Um, so I love all of that and him trying to write scripts and 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 he's also, really good at script writing though. In fairness, yeah, no, that he has that. Mm -hmm. It's like an idiot savant thing. Um, 
but even when they get into producing music and stuff like that and he's just yelling at the drummer or whatever to go take coke so they can do the the thing and he's paid for studio time um all all that all that good stuff uh i really enjoy him but yeah it's it's so such a bizarre thing that david chase decided to do with the film of just telling you yeah he's He's dead, and I don't know if that's a fuck you to you, or if that's... To me personally. Yeah, to you, <laughs> or if that's, like, something they thought was necessary in order to, I guess, yeah, tell people who hadn't seen it that this this Tony kid, he's going to be bad. But let's not get dragged into many Saints of New York. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know his justification behind it, but the fact is that he did it. I think he was wrong, but sure, look. Um, yeah, Christopher is just, uh, like, he's an idiot and um yeah i like he does make me laugh on occasion and i think that he's an interesting part of the show in that like he really brings to life that like glorification of all of these like not good things um but otherwise i don't really have much of an opinion i suppose i'm not as invested in him because i know he's gonna die yeah no that makes perfect sense Mm. Um, are there any other characters that uh, spring out to you uh, that we haven't chatted about yet that you'd like to bring up? No is an acceptable answer. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. Yeah, I wish I could. Um, yeah, I really want to know what happened to Pussy. Mm. If he ever comes back. Uh, you oh, Junior actually went down on... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a bad joke. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, yeah, what I do think... you think happened to Pussy? Me? I don't think the uh, hates a spread hates Starbucks guy, but, but Polly, Polly, Polly Walnuts, uh, Polly and his Starbucks monologue was one of my favorite parts of season one, um, and also <laughs> I, I see them, but I don't believe him. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. a line! Well, that, that's a line about yeah the acidic acidic Jews that they went into business with, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see him but I don't believe him um, yeah he's great but I don't think that he killed him mm. I could be wrong obviously but I don't think he killed him I think he's laying low because he's very cross about about being suspected of being a rat yeah Um, which you, you couldn't fault him for that well maybe we should go fucking find out because I think we should start watching season 2 right now there's only one more thing I want to talk about and that's AJ and the communion wine we gotta get into. Oh my god! Yeah, AJ. I was hoping you bring this up. <laughs> so there's a scene, if you don't recall, in season one where AJ and his pals break in, steal the communion wine, get kind of wasted in school, and they're told to do these jumping jacks and start throwing up and everything. And what was your reaction? It was kind of like, what's the big deal? I guess. <laughs> uh yeah and um, i guess that i was just like why like they're making a big deal out of something that is like while not good um not that big of a deal mm-hmm. and you made me feel like the scummiest of the scum and <laughs> um, so then we were watching that and you were like I think it's a big deal. And I was like, what? Well, to clarify, I wasn't like, I'm upset about AJ and what he did. (laughs) Uh, It was more like you were were saying that if you had a child and they did that, you'd... If you had a child by yourself, (laughs) Dick. If you had a child... One would imagine I'd be involved. (laughs) No, I meant if you had a child. I'm talking to you in the first person. If you, Una, had a child, um, you were like, if that happened, yeah, obviously you'd tell them off, you know. 
uh, or whatever. But then behind their back, you'd be kind of like, ah, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You come off cooler in this than me. But I was like, <laughs> I kind of feel like at age 12 or whatever, if they were getting drunk in school and throwing up with, uh, I mean, you have a different relationship to Catholicism. The fact that there is even uh, communion wine in a school is bonkers to me. But yeah, I was just like, I, I would probably consider uh, like I because they were having all these conversations about counseling and like how, what's wrong with AJ and you were kind of like what he's being a kid and I was like yeah he's being a kid but it seems like it, I, I probably think it was a big deal if my kid was doing that yeah so I was like what the fuck are they bringing him into like they're trying to they're trying to diagnose him with something mm-hmm. and the fact is that he's just a bit of a little shit like <laughs> you've I, diagnosed him very well I, think. I I would argue that like a like in the situation I genuinely don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, very bold statement for somebody who has no children. (laughs) But I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think, like, it's not good. And I would definitely be punishing him for something, for being like, this is unacceptable. Like, taking somebody else's property, drinking alcohol at your age, doing it in school. Like, like, there's so many layers of not good behavior there. And then it'd be like a conversation being like, why did you do it? And then he'd probably just be like, for a dare because I'm an idiot and I'm 12 and then like you punish the kid and then you learn they learn from it hopefully and move on but like there was all these conversations happening about I genuinely just didn't understand it whatsoever I was like this is really weird that they're making such a like big deal out of this um and then Jacob and I had the conversation where I uh went to a very catholic school like many uh in the part of the world that i'm from but it also is a very underprivileged area so there was a like in comparison to like the bougie part of sweden that you're from <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh it's a like the the word we use is jesh school so it has like special funding because it's an underprivileged area and um there was just like when talking to you about it i realized how much like very bad antisocial behavior there was in my school. <laughs> Didn't someone set fire to someone's hair or yeah. something you were telling me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is, but I get. And there also were kids drunk in school on occasion. Yeah. Like, and I just, yeah, I guess I like my tolerance for that sort of nonsense would be like quite high. And also like, I mean, the guy who set fire to that girl's hair, like. <laughs> she had it coming. <laughs> Decky. Um, like, I know him. He's lovely. You know, he like, <laughs> had a rebellious streak when he was younger uh-huh. and was like I don't think he was even I don't think he was even excluded from school because of that I think he just had a suspension and then like came back to school but um, sure. I don't think he was allowed back in chemistry though which is when he set fire it was to his hair was a Bunsen burner hair. wasn't it yeah yeah they're um, good for that. No, it wasn't actually a Bunsen burner. He was smoking, obviously. Ah. And so he had a lighter of his own in school. Okay, so it was just <laughs> happened to be in chemistry. So our like ma- our cultural gap, I think the only time it's been bigger is when you've been actually speaking Swedish. But um, I was like, <laughs> this is like not that big of a deal. Yeah, um, no. And in contrast, like Swedes were all fucking prudes as well, like generally speaking. So uh, yeah, very, very precious uh, about that sort of thing. And any misbehavior at all would be like oh my goodness how what absolutely not yeah and i suppose um like where i'm from a lot of kids would not be of the academic bent and there is no like there's no kind of practical path i feel like there's a bit more of that in education in um in sweden but it like it seems like the catholic school that 
AJ went to very similar to mine. It's like, you know, you do PE and then you go to classes and you learn like from books and that's it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like there was kids acted out because like not all kids thrive in a classroom environment. And my brother was one of them. So like he got like. Ah, uh, he's the one who set fire to the girls. He is not. He did not set fire to anyone's hair that I know of. Um, And um, he just like got asked to leave because they were like, this isn't the environment for him. Um, So like, like when AJ. And, and to clarify, you don't mean the class like. The school, the school yeah, yeah to leave education at that stage they were like just you're actually done now like the principal also a priest very on brand was like God. i uh sat down with my mom and was like mickey is a he's a bird in a cage and i think it's time that we open the cage and let him let him go he's not was happy. he expelled because this is a concept i learned about from harry potter and does that actually happen Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know loads of people who've been expelled, but the, you would have to push it, obviously, very far in the school. <laughs> it sounds like, like it. You actually have to set fire to the whole school. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, I know a guy who hit a teacher and he got expelled. But I know, a guy, like, Decky didn't get expelled after that. The way it was happening with my brother at that stage was he is... <laughs> they were like, it's only a matter of time until he gets expelled <laughs> so yeah. we'll uh well let's just let him go he doesn't want to be here anyway um yeah. but the thing about like aj and stuff like that that i thought was really bizarre was that instead of like addressing a problem they kind of and i r- agreed with tony which didn't happen that frequently in the series in that they were like trying to say that this problem the problem was aj not his behavior you yeah. know yeah. like that and i thought that was really interesting and i think that um Obviously, it's not good to have, like, kids' hair set on fire in classrooms. But I (laughs) do think that there's a lot to be said for, like, moving on from the behavior and not having it define the child. Like, I agree with Tony entirely, like, on that front. Um, Like, it's not not a big deal. Maybe I should have said it wasn't that big of a deal. (laughs) But I genuinely don't think it is. But, like, it... um, it should just be a thing that happened. And then you move on from it. Whereas they were very much, like uptight and trying to diagnose a kid who was just acting out a bit probably because his dad's in the fucking mafia <laughs> yeah that sounds a lot more healthy than the swedish approach so i guess you've convinced me it's not a big deal <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think we should wrap it up but it's been so much fun chatting about this uh thank you for agreeing to do it <laughs> <laughs> it's taken two and a half years but yeah. you convinced me yeah. yeah so maybe we'll be back if if everyone's nice and leaves a review at apple podcasts complimenting jacob's girlfriend as she shall forever be known um <laughs> then maybe we'll do another one on season two but maybe we won't maybe we'll be too eager to watch the rest of it i don't know i've had some glasses of wine we will see uh, maybe we'll do one once we watch the whole series or between different seasons I don't know we're figuring it out as we go we already talked about every episode we're trying to you know <laughs> figure it out um, but thank you everyone for watching sorry about <laughs> yelling at you just then um, but we do appreciate all of the reviews and um, beyond that there's just one more thing to say do you know what that is I I, you, I, I find it very strange to listen to you on podcasts because I listen to you in real life so I don't know what the thing to say is that's all right. <laughs> the thing to say is that you can find all our shows at showswhichyouknow.com and oh. beyond that, cut to black. <laughs> okay. Cut to black.